Sarah. Well, I heard a lady on Radio 4 Sunday program last Sunday morning say, a good sermon should be like a bikini, brief and covering only the essential parts. <laughs> and so I'm going to uh, attempt to do a bikini sermon this morning. And for the benefit of people who are visiting or, or don't know, we're actually continuing our prayer series, and we've been looking at this uh, HTB prayer course, and so it falls on me this morning to think about listening to God, and that is uh, from the Lord's Prayer, the verse, give us today our daily bread, give us today our daily bread, which is Matthew 5, 11. You might say, what on earth has bread got to do with listening? Well, according to Jesus, as you know, when he was being tempted in the wilderness, he said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He's quoting Deuteronomy 8.3. If you want to have a look at that, look at Matthew 4, uh, if you want to sort of read a bit more of that chunk. I'm aware that not everyone will have read this story before from uh, 1 Samuel, this story of Samuel's call. So just to give you a quick introduction, uh, Samuel's mother was called Hannah. She couldn't conceive it broke her heart, so she cried out to God, God, please, please, uh, would you um, enable me to get pregnant? And if you do get me pregnant uh, through my husband, I will um, basically give you my son and dedicate him to you for the rest of your life, for, of his life. So miraculously, um, Hannah does conceive. She gives birth to Samuel, and shortly after he's weaned, she takes him to the temple at Shiloh. She gives him to Eli, Eli, who's the high priest there. So that's the kind of backstory to what we've just heard read. All I want to do is basically draw three brief things out of this passage this morning. Uh, they're basic, the things, and the, the first is this, if I could have the slide up. Basically, God speaks. First of all, God speaks. On the next slide, please. This is verses 1 to 5. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. So God speaks. They reckon Samuel was about 12 at this point. Josephus, the Jewish historian, puts him about that age, but he's probably around that. So a sort of uh, young boy, if you like, at this time, he has this encounter with God. So God speaks. God is clearly speaking to Samuel. It's unclear whether it's an external audible voice he hears uh, or an internal audible voice in his uh, mind or heart. It probably is an external voice. And uh, it's also clear from the Bible that God is still speaking today. And actually, one of the marks of being a real Christian or one of the privileges of being a Christian, isn't it, that actually you're in a relationship with a God who loves you and speaks to you. Jesus himself said, my sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me, John 10, 27. So one of the most extraordinary things of being Christian is that you're in this relationship with God who speaks to you. 
And that's quite amazing if you think about it. I think we can forget about how extraordinary that is if we've been following God for a while. I also want to acknowledge that if you're new to faith or on the edge of the church or thinking about Christianity, as I know a number of people are, actually this concept of God speaking today can sound really, really freaky. It just sounds weird. I remember being at, at... the Guildford uh, Law School 20 years ago. It's now the University of Law. Everything's changed its name, hasn't it? It sounds a lot better these days. Um, 20 years ago, I wasn't a Christian. I had a friend there who was a Christian, and I was having a coffee with her, and she said to me, you know, God really spoke to me last night, and she told me what he said. And I remember just thinking, oh my goodness, you are absolutely mad. And I, and, and I actually recommended she go and see her doctor. So I I want to recognize that this concept of God speaking today is a bit crazy, can sound a bit weird, but it's also this wonderful, wonderful privilege. And a few months later, I was actually walking down Guildford High Street, would you believe, past Greg's The Bakery, I'll never forget this, and I felt God starting to speak to me. And I thought, oh my goodness. And I, I remember just saying out loud, just please, go away, leave me alone. And the shoppers around me were sort of, I think you need to see a doctor. What can we take from this personally? I want to throw out lots of personal application this morning as we look at this passage. First of all, this has to mean we need to regularly ask ourselves, what is God saying to me at this point in my life? That seems to be a fair thing to do regularly if we really do believe that God speaks. You could ask that question on a daily basis. I know from my own experience, sometimes you're sort of quite clear about that. Other times you're not. Verse 3 seems to uh, recognize that, but in any event, it's always worth seeking to discern what God is saying. Secondly, I encourage us all to be reading our Bible, because people often uh, say to me, you know, Mike, uh, God never speaks to me, or God seems to speak to that person over there, but not to me. Actually, um, one of the most extraordinary things is actually God speaks through his word, the Bible. And so if you want to hear God speak every day, just read the Bible every day. It's really, really straightforward. But that is worth doing because God speaks through his word. And if you ever had that experience where you're reading something in the Bible and a verse sort of almost sort of strikes you or hits you or seems a bit highlighted. Have you ever had that experience? That's most of you. So um, this is God speaking to us. Um, I became a Christian a few months after walking past Greg's the Bakery, and uh, I'd been a Christian about three or four months, and I I thought, you know what, I've had enough of this Christian stuff. Uh, I can't really be bothered. It's too hard, and uh, I'm going to give it up. And I was reading the Bible, and uh, I was reading Genesis 19. It was a really odd story. It really struck me as this weird story of God destroying Sodom and Gomorrah. And I'm reading this story thinking I'm not going to bother being a Christian anymore. And then I read the verse, but Lot's wife looked back and turned into a pillar of salt, if you know the story. And as I read that, I just felt God say to me, if you stop being a Christian, you're going to turn into a pillar of salt. And it wasn't a, I am going to smite you. It was actually a compassionate warning. And I have to say, looking back, I thought, okay, I'm going to carry on following God. And I'm, I'm just really glad I have, because I would have been in a real trouble, I think, if I hadn't kept following God. I don't think I'd be a, a salt person, by the way, but turning into salt's not a good sort of thing, is it? 
So since then, I've always really taken the Bible really seriously. I've tried to read it very regularly. And um, I have to say, I read it most days. And um, I, uh, what I do, here's a top tip. I have a little journal. And um, uh, basically, I read the Bible. If I feel God highlighting anything, I just write the verse down in my little journal. Because I find just re- writing it out actually sort of helps me engage with it in an even more deep way. So here's a thing. Let's just see what we've got here. First of February, he is a shield for all who take refuge in him. Psalm 1830. So I wrote it down. It struck me. And I thought about that through the day. So I'd encourage you to read the word. You'll hear God speaking to you. And actually, uh, if you want to uh, record what it is he's saying to you through his word. And uh, I have to say, God will speak to you in everyday ways, in major ways, in extraordinary ways, as you read the Bible. Of course, um, corporately for us, this means we need to be a community, or when we gather in, uh, spiritual, in spiritual meetings, if that's not a weird way of describing it, it's good to be reading the Bible, isn't it? To be hearing from God uh, in this way, whether that's in Sunday services, in life groups, in the children's groups, whatever it is, uh, read the word of God. So first of all, God uh, speaks. Second, and have my next powerful slide. As we go about our lives, we often don't recognize God's voice. As we actually go about our lives, I suggest this morning from this story of Samuel, we often don't recognize God's voice. This is verse 5b to 8. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I'm trying to go to sleep. I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. It's really, really important that we recognize that God does speak through the word of God, the Bible, but he also speaks in other ways. This is really, really important. And uh, obviously, in this encounter with Samuel, he's actually speaking outside the written word, if you like. So God is speaking in different ways. And actually, the Bible itself teaches that God speaks in all sorts of different ways outside the Bible. Uh, whether that's through creation, through pictures or prophetic words that come into our mind or imaginations, uh, through visions, through dreams, through the weather, through other people, be they close friends, be they family members, work colleagues, uh, even uh, enemies in the Bible God uses to speak to people. He even uses uh, a donkey to speak. I mean, it's extraordinary, isn't it? Imagine that, a donkey. So basically, the Bible is full of examples from start to finish of people hearing him communicate outside his written word, okay? So that means, uh, my theory is, we too need to be open to God speaking to us outside uh, the Bible. And uh, through parents, uh, friends, uh, people we meet, acquaintances, whoever it is, God speaks through many, many people, and we need to be open on a daily basis to what he's saying. And also, God speaks, I think, through absolutely everything. Um, Films, something on the radio, the lyrics of a song. Has God ever spoke to anyone through those things? Lots of people. I I watched a a movie on Friday night. uh, I was in, in the mood for an action and adventure movie, so I got a Denzel Washington film up on Netflix. I watched it. 
and it turned, to be, it turned out to be something quite different to what I thought it was, but God really spoke to me through that film. So God is always speaking, okay, and we need to be open to hear his voice. Practically then, what can we sort of put in place to help us do this? Uh, first of all, be open to God speaking to you at any point in your day. Remember, uh, Samuel and Eli were in bed. They, they weren't in the temple doing temple things. They were just trying to crash out and have a kip. But God started speaking to them. God can speak to you anywhere, at any time, throughout your day. And uh, God can use anything to speak to you through. I used to do a lot of swimming when I lived in New Zealand. I did a lot of ocean swimming, so I did a lot of training. I used to find God really spoke to me when I was swimming, doing, you know, <laughs> lengths down the pool. And uh, God can speak to us anywhere. So be open to God speaking to you at any point in your day. Secondly, don't assume that God will speak to you in a really holy voice or a really spiritual or Christian way. This is important. You get this from this story, don't you? Um, basically, uh, Samuel thinks God's voice is a human voice, a normal human voice. It's clear God didn't speak to him in a really holy or churchy or sort of King James sort of voice. Oh, Samuel, it is I, the Lord of the universe. I speaketh as you lieth on your beddeth. Here endeth my message to you. Or he didn't speak in a big, booming, Brian, blessed voice. <laughs> Samuel, it is I, the Lord of the universe. That's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> Don't know what happened there. Let's just move on. You see, if Samuel had heard God speak in either of these ways, he wouldn't have thought it was Eli, would he? He wouldn't have gone to Eli and said, hi, Eli, sorry, I was a bit sleepy. So God spoke to him in a normal voice. It wasn't strange, highly mystical, or peculiar. It was just a normal voice. And uh, often, actually, when God speaks to us, he uses a still, small voice. There's a great tradition, isn't there, since uh, Elijah had that encounter with God when he was fleeing um, from Horeb. And uh, God spoke to Elijah, not in the wind, not in the earthquake, but in a still, small voice, a still, small uh, internal voice. So we need to, therefore, be open to God just speaking to us in normal ways, is what I'm suggesting. Thirdly, slow down. We need to uh, be still and know that I'm God, says God in Psalm 46.10. So I would encourage you to uh, have opportunities of stillness and quiet, because in our crazy life, we're all absolutely maxed out, answering emails on our phone, texting, checking Facebook, um, doing crazy hours at work, running around, dropping children off here and there, just absolutely manic. We actually struggle to hear the voice of God, and we're like glasses of water that have mud in, and we're constantly stirred and cloudy and sort of, what's going on? But when we're still, the mud settles, we get clarity, and often we hear God. And uh, of course, God can speak to you through the crazy busyness. That's absolutely true. We don't all have to have this contemplative thing going on, but stillness is not a bad discipline to practice uh, as a Christian. Many years ago, uh, I felt God say to me, Mike, I want you to be still, and it was really weird. Someone had a prophetic word for me. I was in New Zealand. They were in America. They phoned me up and said, I think God's saying this to you. And he, I said, what is it? He said, God wants you to be still. So I said, okay. So literally, for about 18 months, I was just still before the Lord for uh, an hour or two a day, just like that. 
And it was this crazy, crazy experience. Oh my God, it was crazy. Because two things happen when you're still. First, you meet yourself, which isn't always easy, which is often why we're running around like headless chickens. And secondly, you meet God, which also at times isn't that easy. So be still, slow down. Fourth, test what you hear. Of course, we need to grow in recognizing the sorts of things God says and doesn't say, because otherwise we can go a bit loopy or off track. And this is why the Bible is so crucial. It's so crucial to be reading the Word of God, because when you read the Word of God, you understand who God is, the character of God, the sorts of things He does, the sorts of things He says, the way He sorts of says things. And uh, you get discernment from reading the Word of God. And that helps you as about your day. You think God is speaking to you. And uh, this is really important. Uh, the Bible also gives us good frameworks for understanding what God might say. So Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 14.3, He who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. So that's a good sort of test as we, as we feel God speaking to us. And uh, obviously, if you feel God's telling you to do something that's contrary to the word of God, then you know that's not God. If God is saying to you, you think God is saying to you, go and have an affair or go and steal something, you kind of know that's not God because that's not how God would want us to live in the Bible. So basically, we need to be people who can recognize the voice of God, I'm suggesting personally and corporately through the word, beyond the word, and through the power of the spirit. And as a church, we'll be seeking to grow in this and learn and develop how we do this as a community uh, on into the future. Thirdly, shall I have my next slide? We need help if we're to grow in our ability to hear God. We need help if we're to grow in our ability to hear God. Verses 8b to 10. Then Eli, Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Eli finally realizes what's happening, and he's able then to help Samuel. He tells him what to do. He tells him what to say. He encourages him. He effectively trains him. And uh, we don't have a huge detail about how Samuel progressed, but over time, it's clear, over a number of years, he became this extraordinary prophet of God who really heard the voice of God. Verses 19 to 21, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. So we need, I suggest, help if we're to grow in hearing the voice of, the, of, of God. We need help, actually, to read the Bible well and uh, interpret the Bible well. We need help to um, uh, understand what the Spirit of God is saying to us. We actually need help and training. The Old Testament prophets themselves hung around in groups of people, schools they called them, where they could encourage one another and prophesy together and learn from one another. Now, you may well say, well... <laughs> This is all very well, but this doesn't really apply to me. Samuel was an Old Testament prophet, for goodness sake. Or, you know, Mike, I'm not one of those really gifted people who, who hear God, you know, like that person I know or have met. 
uh, actually, uh, you'd be right in saying you're not an Old Testament prophet. You'd possibly also be right in saying some people seem to have the ability to hear God more than others. Uh, I think it's fair to say that some people seem to be like Wi-Fi in this regard and continually get downloads from God. Others are more like uh, iPhones. God's got your number and calls regularly. Others are like land mail. The words from God come less regularly. But actually, it would be biblical Christians who really hold on to Jesus' teaching and all that he's achieved on the cross through his death and resurrection for us to be reconciled with God. We need to be people who press into God and seek to learn how to listen and communicate to him, whatever our gifting. And if we're to grow in our ability, we too, like Samuel, I suggest this morning, need help, encouragement, and training. And I'd also say, if you've been doing this for 100 years, there's still more to learn. This is why it's so exciting being a follower of Jesus, that actually there's always more to learn. Uh, You can never get to the point where you can say, I think I've got this God thing cracked and I know how to to listen to God. I, I don't have to learn anymore. We're all learners. So what can we do practically? Uh, The first we can thing I suggest we do is actually really resolve to try and grow in this and put time aside to actually learn how to do this. You know, um, I've spent time with those people who can really hear God. And one thing I notice about them is that they spend time with God and they push into learning how to hear him. And I would encourage you to do that. You know, you'd never think, would you, um, okay, uh, I'm going to be a plumber. Okay, I'm just not, not going to take any exams or anything or spend any time learning. I'm just going to do it. But often we do, in, we, we, we have that assumption that we can do that as Christians with various things. Actually, we need time to be trained to learn and take time to learn these things. Secondly, I encourage us all to soften up. It's easy to end up with a hard heart before God, isn't it? And just actually, you can go for years as a Christian without really ever seeking to encounter him or really, really understand or discern what he's trying to say to you. And uh, we can become hard-hearted in all sorts of ways. I've mentioned busyness. Sin would be another thing that also uh, can affect our ability to hear God. So we need to have clean sheets before God and bring things to God in confession. But when our hearts are soft, our ears open up, and it's much easier to hear what he's saying. Thirdly, identify the way in which God speaks most often to you. This is important because God speaks to people in different ways. There's not a template as Christians of how we do it. It's been one of the great curses with discipleship in the church in the last couple of generations. It's been a sense of this is how you do it, and this is how God does it, and actually... People are quite different, and God knows that. The Westminster Larger Catechism helpfully states that encountering God and hearing his voice doesn't take place, and I'm quoting, in all persons, in all places, nor at all times, in exactly the same measure. So I encourage you to identify the way that God speaks to you. And uh, make sure you experiment with this. If you're one of those Bible people who always reads the Bible, I encourage you to jump in to maybe some of the prophetic words, the visions, dreams. Ask God to speak to you like that. If you're one of those people who move in that way, jump into the Bible more. Mix it up. Seek to do things you haven't done before. You know, we've got a great team of people here who run quiet days and retreats. Maybe if you haven't done one of those, jump in. There's uh, the listening course that Pam's doing. 
Try something different. Speaking in tongues. If you don't speak in tongues, have a go at that. Try that and try something different. Fourthly, don't obsessively listen for instructions from God. You know, we're often so broken in our image of God deep down that we think he just doesn't really like us and just wants to tell us what to do. And often we want him to tell us what to do. Tell me what to do, where to go, da 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 doesn't operate like that. Actually, God speaks more into our identity than our destiny. And you see this at the heart of Jesus' ministry, right at the beginning, when he's baptized. Uh, Luke 3, 21 and 22, my son, this is my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased, he says at Jesus' baptism. You know, he doesn't say to Jesus, right, Jesus, right, from here you're going to go uh, into the wilderness, and then I want you to heal that man in the synagogue, and then I want you to call, call this person and that person. He just affirms Jesus' identity. And often that's what God does. That's often what God speaks over us, I think. Just uh, words of encouragement to us, his children, whom he loves. Remember, fifthly, that God will always speak to you even when you think you've blown it. What I love about this story, and I'm nearly there. I know people are yawning. Um, (laughs) I'm nearly there. Um, What I love about this story is it shows God is committed to communicating to his people. Uh, Samuel, uh, he speaks to you the first time, he doesn't get it. Uh, Eli, the high priest, doesn't get it either. The high priest, he doesn't get it. Uh, But God doesn't go, oh, great, I'm out of here. He actually tries again, doesn't get it. Tries again, they finally get it, God speaks. And actually, it's important that we, we recognize God's desire to speak to us. We never get to the point of, Uh, having blown it with God. I feel I've blown it all the time. Uh, But actually, God is always speaking. He's gracious and forgiving. And uh, you see that in Samuel's life. Samuel doesn't have it all together. He's got two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, and uh, they're priests in the temple at Shiloh. His family's a bit of a mess. They're sleeping with women in the temple. They're stealing offerings for the Lord. And uh, Samuel can't really sort it out, but God speaks to him. God uses him. And uh, obviously there are consequences for him as that prophetic word uh, that Samuel gets established. And finally, let's walk this journey of learning how God speaks with other people. Let's do it with other people as we seek to learn and grow. As I said, the Old Testament prophets gathered in schools. I gather, uh, I encourage you to do this with other people. Just get a few people, if you're interested in this, just say, okay, let's meet every week. Let's just give this a go and encourage one another. And uh, as a church, we'll be more intentionally seeking to do this. So I think that was more of a boiler suit than a bikini. Uh, I'm sorry about that. But I hope that's given you some ideas to think about. So let's stand together. We're going to sing our closing song, Be Thou My Vision. It's a great song to sing as we close, just focusing on this extraordinary...